Hey there, I am Meredith and I am an intuitive and an astrologer based out of the mountains of North Carolina and I just wanted to touch base, show my face before I get into this lecture and I kind of, um, I just want to make a disclaimer or say something because this lecture is on the July 31st through August 10th, little slice of history, this Uranus uh, North Node and Mars conjunction that is coming up. Some of the themes might be a little uh, triggering, they, and I I don't intend to do that. But just some of the topics that I that I deal with are a little bit, you know, garnering of sometimes a fear response within people. And um, you know, if that's what you find yourself in today, then that's that's just something to be aware of. You don't have to interface with anything that you feel that makes you feel uncomfortable and you can return to it later or not you know I think that when we look at large sections of history that we were not alive for we tend to look at um you know the bigger pieces how hard that must have been for them all of the oppression that happened and etc but what is interesting I think is um what goes unrecorded the small acts of um kindness and joy and um the like the daily things that happen that bring us you know peace and ease and so I just want to really like start this off by because I've recorded this whole thing already and I'm gonna edit it now but it's I want to come back to that there's a lot of good things that happen that are not recorded and not uh, that are happen that happen on an individual basis within our own lives. I come back to that a lot at the end and harp on that that this is a time to pay attention to your own sphere and you know to like to monitor where you are at and what is going on in your individual life. We are the micro to the macro. So history or a big change in our world, while that is happening, there's also big changes going on within us and that has to be acknowledged. So take all of this uh, with as much of a grain of salt as you want. And um, thank you for engaging with this material. And I hope you enjoy my lecture. Thank you, bye. <laughs> all right, hi. I am Meredith, and I am an intuitive and an astrologer based out of the mountains of North Carolina. And I am so grateful to be able to be discussing this here today with you. And I'm expressing that gratitude in the hopes that I will continue to be able to discuss things like this on this platform and other ones, because I personally believe that a really like healthy society is a society that talks to one another, that has conversations with each other. And as you'll see with what I present um, in this, I guess you could call it lecture, I'm going to try not to do it very like formally, but um, I'm definitely going to talk about um, this Uranus North Node and Mars conjunction um, in astrology and what that looks like, uh, you know, not just for the collective, both in terms of the darkest dark to the lightest of the good stuff, the Pollyanna good stuff, you know, we're going to talk about, we're going to span the whole spectrum of this because I genuinely believe that this is like such a choose your own adventure thing, even though we're all going through all of this shit together. So 
anyway, um, I just wanted to share that, um, you know, this conjunction, I personally believe is a series of many conjunctions that are literally like redefining history and reshaping our world, which is why it is such a privilege to be able to share. Um, you know, I've been uncovering that I've had ancestors, for example, that, um, you know, were like practicing pagans and, um, you know, not doing some anything too different from what I'm doing right now in my in my life and in my world. And, um, you know, and, and then they weren't able to do it anymore, you know, so, and they had to accept kind of like something else or this like new way of life, you know, and I think about this time very much, you know, like, uh, somewhat like that, not that we have to go underground, but just that like, there is a change in the air, you know, I think that people who can kind of like read the weather or read the etheric field, so to speak, you know, it's just, even if you like haven't really looked into too much and you don't even know why you're feeling it, there's a feeling, there's a, there's a discomfort creeping over the scene. And I think that it's okay to um, talk about that and to normalize that. And I think that that's going to be a lot of like what we're going to talk about today, at least with like the darker aspects of the collective, the history of Uranus and Taurus. Um, so yeah, this conjunction is exact from July 31st until August 10th. And the conjunction of Uranus and the North Node is a big deal. Just like we had conjunctions in 2020, squares in 2021 and this year. And a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction earlier this year, these are all very big deals in terms of history. So it's like, what is it like to live through like an extremely like chaotic and challenging time in history? Well, ask yourself, look in the mirror, because even though it kind of feels, you know, it's like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going through my rhythms and my routines and every day I give thanks and, you know, but it's like, um, but there is, it's that, you know, that like lurking kind of, hmm, what's going on, you know, something's amiss, something is afoot. And, um, and yes, I, uh, I agree. And I think that there's a lot going on um, with this Uranus and Taurus transit that's kind of already been going on. Um, and I want to talk about that and how that's kind of coming to a peak or a point um, here in the next few days. And also how exciting that is on the other hand. And we'll talk more about that too. So, all right. What is Taurus? So Taurus is a amazing sign. It's personally my favorite sign right now to be, to be friends with, to have in my life. Maybe I just gravitate toward like the main character energy, but um, everyone who ends up like, you know, in my inner circle seems to have a lot of Taurus placements. And I love that because Taurus is the energy of fixed earth, which means that it has to do with um, in its purest form, like literally the earth. What are you planting here now? What are you building now? Taurus is, I believe that Taurus has to do with the physical body. It's very physical, very like tangible, tactile. Um, and 
in a way, you know, I think about, um, time as a resource, right? Because, you know, Taurus is resources. So like money, personal possessions, I think of time as that, right? So we can look at the opposite sign of Scorpio, maybe as like borrowed time, or like, you know, feeling like you're not living on your own sense of time. Well, Taurus is the permanent, uh, impossible now, 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 now. Taurus is very good at being present, um, if you have a very like integrated embodied Taurus, you'll notice that their presence, um, you know, gives life to all and takes away from very little. Um, so, you know, that's, th their presence is like a gift. You know, I believe that the fixed signs are represented as like the four corners or like, you know, the four quote archangels or whatever, in the sense that like they're guarding and tending to their realm, the fixed signs. So like Taurus is guarding and tending the earth realm, you know, so you meet a Taurus and usually like if they're, if they're keyed in enough to that aspect of themselves and there's not like a lot of, you know, challenging aspects, usually they're going to have a garden, they're going to have plants and like life blooming everywhere around them. And, you know, like they're going to be able to know like, okay, like this plant is this, and this is how you forage it. And this is how you dry it. And this is how you store it. And like, I mean, these are the people that just have like grandmother's medicine, like in their very bones, like they just do, they just know what to do, you know? And, um, Taurus is also, you know, sensuality. It's like the, like, embodied present experience. It's what happens when you allow a piece of chocolate to melt on your tongue and like the good vibes that you get from that. And in a sense, you know, Taurus is very stubborn, like is very like fixed. It's a, it's the fixed of the fixed. It's like a tree that's like rooted in the ground and it's not moving. Like it's not moving for anybody. If you are like interacting with the Taurus and you're trying to get them to change, then you're probably better off just not. Like they're not going to change for anybody but themselves. If they get a fire under their butt to change something, then, you know, then probably there was a lot that happened to get to that point for them. So um, very stubborn, very rooted. Um, but there's something good about that because, you know, Taurus is the part of us, like in, in terms of development, right, where we come into this space and we're like, yes, I want this and no, I don't want this and I like this and I don't like this, right? We're born, boom, we go from like the primordial womb of creation, we go from there to our mother's womb. And I know that it's probably way more spiritually complex than that, but that's not Taurus. Taurus is simple, so we're going with that we go from the primordial womb to our mother's womb, and then we're born, right? So we go from Pisces to Aries to Taurus. And then once we're born, you know, we develop an identity that's Aries, our identity. What are we doing? What's going on? You know, I have fingers, ah, you know, <laughs> I just came from somewhere so nice. <laughs> and now I have these weird phalanges. What's going on? So, you know, um, <laughs> so Taurus is the part of us that's like, I don't want to eat my broccoli. I want cheese. You know, I want that milk. I don't want, I want breast milk. I don't want, you know, like this shitty formula that you're giving me, like, you know, 
this is Taurus. It's like, I like this and I don't like this. It's very much like it knows what it wants and it's not confused at all about that, you know? And um, so, you know, uh, it's what we value. It's value appraisal. So you know how like everybody in the world has a different value set and a different value system and like likes this based on this experience that they've had and you know everybody's experience is so unique with that but what we value what we're convicted on and what we're not really like willing to budge on is Taurus extremely right so um Taurus is obviously food and our relationship with the earth you know this is like <sighs> Taurus is um yeah it's the like regenerative agriculture that has been feeding us since the beginning of literal like time um and you know so we're gonna get into like how all of these things are being affected um by the uranus and taurus transit which is a more like long term you know that's a longer energy like uranus takes seven years at least in each sign um, Uranus is change, is progression, is um, the fact that in, you know, I guess the 60s, there was a computer that was filling up the whole room and now like something three times that powerful can be worn on your wrist as a wearable piece of technology. You know, that's, Ur that's Uranus. That's like it changes things and it drives progress and, you know, evolution forward. And it's also things that are unexpected. So Uranus is the unexpected. It's the unstable. So whatever sign it touches, it does bring like an instability into something and sort of like this energy of like wiping the foundations in a different way than Pluto, right? Like Pluto is definitely the destroyer. It's like the tower card, right? But I think of... Uranus and Taurus or Uranus in general really is like a little bit more neutral. It has signs like every other planet that it likes to be in and signs that it does not like to be in. Um, you know, Uranus and Scorpio, because Scorpio is so regenerative and so like, you know, always shedding layers and always changing and always dying to the old self. Uranus loves to be in Taurus. So a lot of like true evolution that is beneficial comes about in times when Uranus is in Taurus or Scorpio, excuse me. Well, right now Uranus is in Taurus and Taurus is about the most resistant to change sign that there is. So a lot of my Taurus people that I know are absolutely having like all the kicks and the pants in the world. And, um, you know, I don't know how much it's really, um, you know, I think it depends on the person how they're dealing with that, but like, certainly that's not easy. So we all have to have a bunch of love for our Taurus people in our life right now, because, it's not easy to change or to evolve. And I think that, um, you know, I think that we are like undergoing a massive time in history with this transit and with Neptune and Pisces. That's a massive, like historical, um, holy war, like religious wars kind of, uh, you know, energy and also like, you know, religious conquests, like converting, you know, a whole bunch of different people to a certain religion and, 
you know, there's like witch trial themes within like Neptune's history. And I've done a little video on Neptune um, before, but this is not about that, obviously. But all I'm saying is like, you know, Pluto and Capricorn, we are living through history. And so, you know, I advise really truly that every day, you know, you wake up and you give thanks and you, for what you have and you live life according to your values and your principles, because not only is Uranus in Taurus, which I'm going to go deep, deep, deep into that, but the North node is also in Taurus. And this is the energy that's going to connect at the end of July, big, huge deal. <laughs> so you know, Uranus has been in Taurus since 2018 um, and until 2026, I believe April of 2026. So there are other times in our recent history when Uranus went into Taurus. So from 1934 until 1946, you know, that was a pretty pivotal time in world history and um there were a lot of themes that came up and i'm going to talk about them and so there are themes that are recorded documented and then there are things that i kind of intuit that is more like maybe the positive side of these transits so i am going to like wrap it all around i promise and you know hopefully this won't be like as, as doomerish as much as a somewhat objective viewpoint of like history and, um, you know, what has happened in history uh, when we have had these transits and what this could mean for us going forward, very rarely does a conjunction like this instantly manifest as an explosion, but rather it's like a theme that initiates and then kind of like takes place. So we'll see how this conjunction develops over the whole year. Okay, so going back to Uranus and Taurus. So Uranus and Taurus um, in 1934 until 1946, there was a Great Depression. So there was financial issues, you know, food scarcity, all of these types of things, right, that we are unfortunately, you know, kind of seem to be coming into a time that's a little bit like that. And I'm going to get into that with links and things like that. I, I pulled up a few links of, um, to support uh, what I'm sharing, but, um, you know, World War II uh, started during Uranus and Taurus um, in 1934 until 1946. 46. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, this is also a time of usually like, and I'm just going to be honest, medical experimentation and um, sterilization. And also, I discovered not only, you know, was the nuclear like stuff really getting going like around 1939, 1940, but also there are some cloud seeding kind of like origins in around World War II that apparently got kicked off right after like in 1946, which would have been when Uranus went into Gemini. Um, so I just think that's very interesting because that's kind of like changing the technology of the air, Uranus and Gemini. So that kind of gives us like a heads up of like what to expect after 2026. Um, 
Oh, excuse me. Goodness gracious. I'm going to get some water. Hang on. All right. Let's see. So <clears throat> I think I was chatting about Uranus and Taurus throughout history. And there's a couple of links on my browser that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, so that some of what I'm sharing isn't just like, oh, hibbity jibbity, but like actually backed up with like astrological history, right? So here is the ephemeris for 1939. I just pulled it up. So Uranus started out January 1939 at 14 degrees of Taurus. So not too long ago, I made a video where I described in, in detail the decans of Taurus. Um, you know, there's the first decan, the second decan, and the third decan. And oftentimes, like the, the peak point is in the middle where there's 30 degrees in each sign and it takes on like a certain like new quality when you're in the first decan and then there's like a real like coming to maturation in the third decan of whatever has been in play um, with the seeds we initially planted when the transit transit began with the second decan it's a little bit of like it's the time in between it's like the time of um where the things really begin to get going, you know, in the transit. And so I think that this is why I'm bringing this up because it seems like 39 was a very pivotal year. And so coming into 2022, eventually this will load, I promise. Here we are at, okay, so maybe we started out like in an I'm going to wait until or see if I can try to get this to load again. Okay, cool. So we come into January of 2022 and Uranus is at the 10th degree of Taurus. So it's starting off in the second decan, um, you know, and this is, it's been in the second decan for a while. It's gone back. It went back a little bit to the first um, decan last year. And so here we have like a progression, right? So in April of 2022, Uranus was at the 14th degree of Taurus, which is right where it was in 1939. So I'm going to share a couple of things about this. Um, some of the things that I noticed um, from that time. So obviously I've talked about, there's a couple of things that really don't need like me to back them up, like the depression, World War II, but the other thing I think is interesting, I just felt like kind of inclined to look into um, the history of cloud seeding a little bit. Um, says cloud seeding is a weather modification method. So this has been going on for a really long time. So people who are like, you know, somehow thinking still that like uh, the weather is not at least like partially impacted by human efforts. I mean, that's pretty much as close to I mean, that's climate change, you know, so it's important to be aware that like weather is partially at least, you know, engineered, right? So um, cloud seeding is a weather modification method. It was discovered by Vincent J. Schaefer, an American chemist in 1946, which is the very end of the Uranus and Taurus transit as it leads into Gemini. Its purpose is to induce rain and snowfall, which may lead to reduced droughts. 
um, you know, they always make it sound like a good thing, right? So many scientists, so back when it was started back in the 40s, when Uranus was in Taurus, many scientists and government departments did a number of physical experiments on cloud seeding. The purpose was to remove droughts and hunger from areas where rains are very rare, da, 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 da. So, you know, making it sound like a good thing. This is, oh, we're not going to subscribe today, but this is a website that I recommend called Geoengineering Watch. And also, if you haven't read Alana Freeland's books, I highly recommend it. She's wonderful. This is a good documentary to watch on cloud seeding. And it just goes back, it goes back to World War II. I don't know, like, um, you know, this is like the real tea of Uranus and Taurus and like what exactly this substance is which definitely, um, definitely is something to be a little bit concerned about. If you're already aware, it's not something that should ever like rule your life. We've been under this type of sky for a long time and we're all quote, fine. So um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that like, it looks like some, you know, cloud seeding efforts were um, really initiated in Uranus and Taurus transit. So there's that. Um, and then this is a more current article. This is from December 5th, 2008, when um, this transit got going. So we all talk about like how Bill Gates is trying to block out the sun and all of this stuff. And that's like a commonly used example, right? Well, this has been going on for a long time. Um, and I think I'm going to explain why, and I'm going to explain the other side of this. Um, Harvard scientists begin experiment to block out the sun. They've been floating this and telling us this for a while, right? And so this is something that is um, imperative to know. So a group of Harvard scientists plans to tackle climate change through geoengineering by blocking out the sun. The concept of artificially reflecting sunlight has been around for decades. Um, you know, so this is something that a group of scientists deem to be necessary. And, you know, this is something that's wrapping around again from the last time that Uranus is, is was in Taurus. So the other thing um, that, you know, I think that this has to do with is, you know, I don't know. A lot of people in the conspiracy community think that um, nuclear energy is like altogether a psyop, and I don't necessarily agree with that. But I do believe that, like, I don't know. I I don't know what I believe on this. But according to the history, so look at this. It says the science of atomic radiation, atomic change, and nuclear fission was developed from 1895 to 1945 much of it in the last six of those years. So that's like when Uranus and Taurus in 1939 kicked it up to, you know, 100% and then, you know, started to really experiment with these different things leading into, um, you know, a war. And I think that like World War III is like the obvious example that people bring up with Uranus and Taurus or people who are doing this right. Um, so, you know, because Uranus has to do with our physical body, uh, or not Uranus, but Taurus has to do with the physical body, and Uranus is electricity, it is change, it is technology, 
This is an article that was writ, uh, written in November 2019. And this is like, obviously, you know, I'm taking a pretty like zoomed out. This is not something that's happening overnight. This is not like something that we blink and it's over, but this is something that um, kind of ties everything together is what I believe is like a multi-level mutation in our species <laughs> right now. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard any um, billionaire think tanks talk about human 2.0 and human augmentation, but this is definitely something that is very much being like a lot of research is being poured into this, a lot of like, you know, private dollars, i.e. banking dollars, a lot of things are being poured into this um, and biotechnology and things like that. So I'm going to read this real quick. So this says, human augmentation will change what it means to be human. A definition and model for human augmentation are presented. Physical and digitally mediated actions can be combined to extend human reach. Non-invasive augmentation is possible with augmented reality and wearable technology. And a call for research is presented to realize the vision of human augmentation. So this is something that's been going on for a long time. And there's a lot of, you see all these articles are 2021, 2021, 2021, 2021, sorry. Towards understanding the design of bodily integration. Here's, I'm just reading some of these article titles so that you can kind of get an, a sense for where like the, uh, the intellectual consensus of reality is going at least on part of like the like this is what like this is what all of the social engineering in my opinion is distracting people from interface interaction and intelligence in generalized brain computer interfaces the implications of emerging technology on military human performance research priorities Intervalues, interactive intervalles or whatever, interactive virtual and augmented framework for industrial environment and scenarios. Okay. Perception of perspective of augmented reality head up displays. Anyway, so there's a lot of different things going on behind the scenes and there's a lot of people that are pouring their research and their efforts into this, right? And so we just have to be aware that at the end of the dangling carrots, all of them, this is where we're going to find ourselves if we continue to take them. I know it's harsh, and I think that some of it is inevitable just because we are at the brink and we have come so far, right? We've been allowing things like whether we've been allowing stuff that has come to this point. I, I personally take full responsibility for all the ways in which I was asleep to this, right? But so right now, there are people that are pouring like money into basically the pharma and tech industry and where those kind of coincide, especially with finance, right? Um, you know, people are like literally like planning out a future for us in which, so we need to be aware of that. And so, you know, when people compare like what's going on right now, to like obviously 19 you know 34 to 1946 right you run into a lot of like um like especially when it comes to like the medical experimentation because this is medical experimentation as it's presented right now but it's meant to be like a full like spectrum life change right um you know i think that 
like there are a lot of parallels, though it may not be the same, right? I think that people get really hung up on, um, you know, like on on that time in history, 1934 to 1946, and, you know, the sterilization and the medical experimentation that happened, people get really hung up on, like when you compare the two, and I can understand why, like, because that is a very sensitive time in our collective memory. But at the same time, like, there have been, like, um, you know, like, really, like, in the very recent, like, the last few months, there are things that have come out about our food, like, that in, I think it was, like, what was the, let me see if I can find it, uh, glyphosate appearing in um like 80 percent of people's urine in this study and i need to like I, i'm probably cancer causing herbicide found in 80 percent of u.s urine samples you know this is like something <laughs> like as much as people don't want to acknowledge some of the similarities like we really have to look at what has been done to our bodies like over the course of the last several years there's been a lot of stuff that's come out um you know about the implications of this and of that and of this and of that and it's always in hindsight it's like oh well you know this is what we've done to you and you know um and anybody who's done any type of deep dive into some of the morgellons and the parasites like we like you know like how dark it gets and you know my friend lauren right now is doing a parasite cleanse and you know, one of the things that I, that came up within her was just this sense of betrayal of like, wow, I can't believe that there's been so much private money poured into things like this. I mean, it's a real, like, that's a real hard thing to, you know, kind of to grasp, I guess, right? So Uranus and Taurus is bringing up a lot of this stuff to the table. Um, you know, when it comes to our food and our water, because, and obviously like this stuff did not start with Uranus and Taurus. This is just kind of like a facet of like the nature of where we are right now. But right now, like this is how our like meat is being changed into genetically engineered cows. So these are like, so right now, like there are, and this was published in 20, 2017, right? So just going to show that this is something that's been in process for a long time. So, you know, I've seen recently articles on genetically engineered cows and how that's going to be used to like prevent whatever like problem reaction solution scenario is being created. I mean, it's a very obvious that our food supply is being like directly like purposefully sabotaged. I don't know how you can like avoid that. Right. But, um, you know, this is something that comes up uh, with the transition of the food supply, because if they're able to kind of like get rid of the old way that we used to do food, and now they're going to put technology in our food that makes it easier to track every morsel, every, I mean, you have to think like these fucking arrogant bastards want to do like a one world type of thing where like everything, including every morsel that you put into your mouth is tracked. And it's, you know, so we just have to be aware of this. I'm not saying that you should let this rule your life, but I do think that it's very helpful to understand like in context, in historical context, where we are, you know, we have a globalized kind of food supply 
right? And right now we're coming up into a time where it's like kind of like stacking up to be like country against country. And it's just, I'm just being honest. I mean, you know, I believe that because Uranus is electricity and because this is something along with like kind of the augmentation of the rest of the natural world is the goal, believe it or not, to put all of the trees and all of the flowers and all of the animals like onto this sort of like traceability, trackability type of blockchain, you know, thing. That is the goal, right? And um, I know that I did not come here to watch that shit happen, at least not like willingly, you know, but humans are changing right now. Not only is like there one type of mutation going on that has to do with this right now, you know, but there's also like another type of change that's going on, I believe, that has to do with more the fact that we're living through seismic times, like, um, you know, Uranus and Taurus has been connected to earth changes, earthquakes, um, tsunamis, things like this, right? And part of that is connected to the solar flares and the solar storms and the sunspots and the coronal holes and the coronal mass ejections. That type of thing has been on a significant upturn, whatever you believe it is. I mean, everybody has a, an opinion about literally everything these days, but like, whatever you believe that that is, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Like I'm a very physical body type of person. Like I move a lot. I drink a lot of water. I have to, because my sensory experience is very interesting. I'm feeling like my DNA, like rearranging and re rearranging. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, so I can feel on some level that there is a frequency change and something happening, you know, our evolution is still happening. So it's like, there's a, there's a lot going on, right? There's, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of different kinds of like evolutions happening. I believe simultaneously, and I really believe that there's like shades and waves of nuance in between. I don't think this is as cut and dry as a lot of intuitives are making it sound. So um, yeah, you know, one has to wonder, well, what is the um, impact on, you know, on this technology, on our spiritual lives, right? Like that's to me something that always like you know, comes up to the surface as I began to learn about things like gene therapy, right, which is something that debated, you know, we could debate about this, but, you know, there is like a lot of that going on right now. And I think, of course, some of that technology can be used for good and can be used to help people who have had a really hard time who want their symptoms to go away. And honestly, like I support that if that's what they feel. I mean, you know, it's like, I want what people want for themselves, right? But if there's a bunch of billionaire money going into this and, you know, Uranus and Taurus kind of brings us into the space where it looks like we're drawing closer kind of to the end of the age. And, um, you know, I just, I wonder why, like, um, you know, and what is like the spiritual implications of this? Now, if somebody doesn't care about that, then I don't care about that for them. That's the thing. Uranus and Taurus is also changing our individual value systems. It's changing what we individually value. 
And it's also, you know, it's funny that there's all this like one world collective and global family kind of talk because I actually see Uranus and Taurus splintering people further into smaller groups, you know, and smaller communities. And I think that that's the positive side of this is like, what an opportunity to not only, you know, for me, like, obviously I've kind of, you know, I've been very open. I'm like, I'm not going to say yes to this. Like, uh, you know, and I've kind of come to like grips with what that means for me. Right. But it feels so good to be willing to, you know, kind of lay down my, like, if I have to lay down my body for this, I mean, this earth. Right. And like, and, you know, to kind of, you know, retain a sense of connection with the natural world, then I will. And I've, found that there's nothing more freeing in that like than that realization and you know that is part of Uranus is liberation it is like uprising it is like um that uh rebellious type of you know energy and I think you know Taurus is like farmers it's people who are like who run like local small businesses you know and things like that who are being like absolutely pummeled right now by like the big box you know Mr. Global type of like stores and the corporations and things like that like you know I saw something about farmers in the Netherlands and how they are like they've had extreme like green energy type of restrictions placed on them and now they're rising all the way up and people are just buying outright from them like people do not want this like I think it's very clear you know and if you're listening to this maybe and you know you have like an uncle or an aunt or whatever who seems like a crazy conspiracy theorist or whatever people say these days when they need to feel good about themselves or <laughs> whatever yeah a lot of this stuff is definitely like way less um you know abstract and definitely coming more into more into play you know i think like the augmented reality thing is definitely like a uranus and taurus maybe le like leading into uranus and the Gemini 2026 onward. I mean, that's something that we're going to kind of have to enter. We're going to have to stare down that, you know, that devil, um, you know, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, so yeah, like, I think that like, okay, so just to kind of go over this, Uranus is causing changes in our body. It's causing a mutation or multiple mutations. <clears throat> I personally can feel myself like having like these DNA, not, you know, I, I really like loathe sometimes like the Ascension community, the Ascension language, but like light codes, man, you know, you can feel it. Like you can feel that there's something happening, especially when you sit in the sun, like there's like a, there's something being unlocked and new things kind of opening up. And I think that's kind of the inverse side of this, right? Where like, um, that you know this all of this like human augmentation with technology is in fact a counterbalance to what's going on within us that's my belief and obviously you know welcome people disagreeing with me but um you know this conjunction at the end of um at the end of July and beginning of August is um I think it's going to, you know, initiate a pretty intense time. And I definitely want to share like some of the things based on the history of like what that could impact. Cause like, you know, um, the North node in Taurus has been 
in place since January 18th of this year. And, you know, I kind of said to myself, like, even though like the pandemic story will probably continue, I think Masaki and I um, said this as well in our like coming into 2022 chatter, you know, uh, like <laughs> we are like, you know, we are kind of like moving out of the, um, the pandemic messaging overtly, like, you know, North Node in Gemini is like a respiratory thing and, you know, like, and lots of ideas and explosion of conspiracies of all kinds. And oh my God. And like, you know, the like ability to not lose yourself and like the information war was going on. And, you know, and then there's like the North Node in Taurus, which is where, what you have prepared, what you have in your house, on your body, like in terms of like the like, like precious metals and the water that you have and the food that you have, like, you know, as we progress through the Uranus and Taurus transit and come up to this like North Node Uranus conjunction, like these things are going to be way more important, you know, to like locate water sources that are nearby to kind of like have like plans with community with others for food, you know, and starting to build in your local environment and also, you know, like getting like a little a bike or something that you can use to like transport yourself in the event that A, B, C, D, E, whatever. Like I'm not trying to prepare y'all for like a big event because I don't know if it's necessarily going to be like that, but I do think that it will kind of, it's like a big domino, you know, it's a big domino. So definitely want to share that as well. Um, you know, North Node in Taurus kind of give, gave me the impression that like, not only are we going to have to watch super closely our finances, but we are going to have to be a little bit more cognizant of the weather and of like what's going in our food, what's going in our water, you know, these types of things. I think that the like green energy type of movement and actually how much of a failure that kind of thing can be and um, you know, how arrogant some of these technologies that are like coming in that are kind of like, you know, pointing more towards like the human augmentation stuff. Like, don't be surprised when they say that we need to change in order to support climate change, right? In order to like, you know, contribute to the greater good of all, right? Like, who else had that kind of messaging? Right or left, it's still wrong. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, I think that this Uranus in Taurus with the North Node could trigger like the dominoes that reset the financial system. And that's a bold prediction. Um, but I think that like that's where like we're going to start to see resources kind of becoming a little bit like more like tenuous where it's like it's going to be a little all over the place, in my opinion, like you know, there's different, like there's crypto and there's like gold and silver and there's the value of the dollar, which by the way, if you didn't know, both India and Saudi Arabia, I believe just, um, you know, are like, are trading for oil in ruble now. So these are things that are like happening underneath the surface with the financial system that people have no concept of because they're not being educated on it, which is typically what happens, you know, in the building of some type of like totalitarian system. So I hope that people can get their shit together. <laughs> but I also think that this gives us the impetus we need to do so. We're going to be like, oh, can't rely on this, you know, and that's why like, it's funny to hear about like, 
some people talk about like the whole savior complex thing, right. Of like, oh, you know, like, like, cause there's like this in conspiracy world, there's like not wanting to be a victim. That's something that has been taken in another direction. Like the self-responsibility and victimhood conversation has been taking in a whole other direction, kind of giving people like this like ability to kind of still cling to their victimization and whatever and like I don't know I get it like shit happens and like governments oppress and people do bad things to hurt people and then technically yes you are a victim but what I think people are insinuating in this type of situation as it relates to like the current state of affairs is that we're not going to be able to rely on like the people that under like the old world paradigm, maybe some people <laughs> were able to rely on like, um, you know, we're going to feel that kind of like, oh, you know, if you get sick, you better know the like the old way of doing things and the old medicines and those are the things in my opinion believe it or not that are going to pervade and come out of this time after all of it is said and done um yeah so i think that like we need to watch things like food things like resources like if you haven't gotten some type of generator like I would do that locate your local water like watering holes and water systems and you know I would also recommend joining up with people like it's okay if you're new it's okay if you are like kind of just discovering this and are a little freaked out you know don't go into fear when it comes to getting prepared, if you can help it, you know, that kind of paralyzes you. It's okay to work through the fear that comes up because honestly, like based on like the evolution of the soul, a lot of us have been through things like this multiple times. And so we have like these like, like triggers, like one of those triggers right now is scarcity. I get it. Like there's a lot of that there's been some of that messaging in this, just like at me looking at like the like reality of the situation but i think that since uranus and taurus does have to do with the frequency change i believe that we can i mean i have like immense positivity for my own life and for the life of the people that i know who are like you know communing with others and starting their like community gardens and doing things like this and like support supporting farmers which in the states we have got to like rally around our farmers in ways that we don't understand yet like or i don't understand yet um yeah so uh you know may the force be with you as we move through you know kind of as we move deeper into this decade i think that it's going to be a time of developing like this whole new level of resilience really this is resilience training. Like, it feels like that for me. It feels like I'm training to begin my real life, even though I can't explain that further. You know, we are like, you can't really extinguish the human spirit, even as much as you try to detach them from the natural world. You just can't, like, it's like, it's very hard to break. So, um, I hope that you are really just building where you are. The whole thing with the North Node in Taurus and the Uranus transit is like, 
your seeds will come to blossom or they won't your trees will come to bear fruit or they won't in certain ways and i think that like this is like how flexible can you be like how personally flexible and can we create room for like new exciting crazy things in our own life because yes everywhere that like this is happening like this is affecting us individually too you know so that's huge it's huge um the way that it is affecting all of us on an individual level in our charts which is before I get into this interpretation more for each sign, I want to talk about um, the North Node in Taurus a little bit more throughout history. So there are a lot of um, tie-ins with Uranus and the North Node connecting, which is what is happening. That's the whole point of this lecture from July 31st until August 10th in Taurus. Um, the majority of the Uranus North Node conjunctions have to do with war. Um, so like, you know, uh, let's see, I'm going to read some examples off this website that I found. Um, so the August, September 1961 Uranus North Node conjunction in Leo oversaw the start of the construction of the Berlin Wall, which symbolized the worsening Cold War. Um, the Secretary General of the UN was killed in a plane crash and Barack Obama was born, which is kind of interesting. Um, so it just looks like that type of example after so many, after so many, um, the death of the founder of the People's Republic of China was, was, let's see, on the exact Uranus North Node conjunction in September 1976, bringing an end to bringing to an end a three decade long brutal regime in which uh, 40 to 80 million people passed. Um, so there's World War I tie-ins, obviously um, there's some, yeah, so this goes back pretty far and I think that, um, that this is pretty interesting. So, you know, obviously there is that type of like it's a big change, I think. You know, the North Node is faded events. Um, you know, uh, it kind of sets the collective backdrop and it also gives us a huge key for how we are to be acting, reacting, um, and, you know, responding really to the times. I think the North Node and the South Node as it moves. Hi, Casanova. Hey, Meow Meow. My cat just came here and joined me. That's nice. So, you know, the North and South nodes provide an amazing, like, key and, and structure and guideline to the way that we can move through any time in history or in the present. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's very, it's very, it's a very big key. And so the North Node in Taurus, Taurus is ruled by Venus. You know, Venus is receptive and sensual, and it is, you know, largely, I would say, concerned with balance and peace and harmony, mostly, in the field and creating things and creating relationships. This is a hugely relational year with this transit. You know, 
2022 is also a six year. So it's like, it's very cosmic mother. There's things in our lives, wherever we have Taurus in our chart that are very fertile and it's definitely like a, there's streams of both Venus and Mars is, uh, you know, kind of where I'm going with this, where we can get into a really juicy, creative, what am I doing right now? What are the steps that I'm taking right now? What am I building right now? What am I responding to and reacting to right now? Um, and there's a magnetism and a like setting our foundations so that our reality responds accordingly setting our value system so that our reality responds accordingly. Like that's the, that's the whole thing with the North Node in Taurus is like, there's an allowing things to unfold in time. And there's a building and being consistent towards like what you'd like to see in the world over time too. <clears throat> While at the same time, the South Node is in Scorpio. And this is from, just to clarify, I know I get on my rants and raves, but um, this is January 18th until July uh, 18th of 2023. So this is like about a year and a half long transit. Uh, right now, the North Node, I believe, is at 20 degrees. Um, and yeah, I think that, you know, this is like, a this is a story arc, how it comes in, how it phases out. And Part of that deals with the eclipses that we're that we are having um, during this time, and that also catapults us into the next series of events of change, both in our lives and in the world. The North and South nodes are connected to the to the eclipses, so they are connected to the turns of fate of the people that we meet and the interactions we have, the karma that we are either creating or clearing, you know, I don't necessarily believe that karma is necessarily like, uh, you know, these judges in the sky that are tallying up different, you know, points like a cosmic social credit system. I don't believe karma is like that. I believe that it's literally like the law of cause and effect, you know, and it's so simple, right? So what are you causing? It's very much like Taurus is kind of individual and it's like what you know especially Jupiter and Aries Chiron and Aries all of these big Aries transits that we are going through it's very much right now like a okay where is my individual life at what do I need to do what types of relationships are supportive for the person that I'm planting seeds like to be and you know the person that I am becoming that I am emerging into what is that like what is supportive for that? So <clears throat> the South Node until July 18th of 2023 as well, because the North and South Nodes very much function on a polarity, has been in Scorpio. So there's also kind of a devolving, there's like an evolving Venus stream, which is something that Gigi Young talks about, and a devolving Mars stream of division, of hatred, vitriol, of like of actually like engaging with all the like all the like civil war stuff and you know just really like going against your neighbor like being paranoid that people are out to get you is also a very south node and scorpio type of thing you know the north node and 
Taurus takes responsibility for the seeds it is planting right here, right now. And that's like the South Node in Scorpio is very much can be like they're doing it to me, you know, or like it, it, it can definitely like um, bring about, I've talked a little bit about the trauma blanket, you know, it's like a, how much is trauma that we've had in our lives ruling us and ruling our lives? And I think that's the degree to which we're going to be kind of caught in the web of influence of this devolving like Mars stream that's chaotic, that is, um, is, is dark. And, you know, I don't necessarily, there's, I believe that there's multiple types of darkness and some darkness is evil and seedy and corrupt and, you know, you want to be planting really ethical seeds right now, in my opinion, in a time where karma is more instant. You want to be like, you'll notice in your reality right away when you like send a negative gross energy dart to someone and thunk, it hits them. And, and it, there's a lot of places to get lost, in other words, in our emotions and our dark aspects that we have not yet like taken responsibility for and seen, which is part of it, right? Part of the Mars stream, I think, and the Scorpio stuff is the scarcity of the financial system in the world. <clears throat> and, you know, can we create other like means of value and can we create our own little currency system ahead of time so that we can just trade with each other and not have to engage with whatever, like, I think that the Scorpio South node is like needing to stay like a little bit like low key with things like investments. Like obviously we see the crypto market is taking tanking. That's very much like a South node and Scorpio thing, the stock market, the, the banks, you know, these types of things, right. That's like the, I think that in the next few months we could see like a series of like of bank runs. I think a lot of people are beginning to take their money out of banks. And I think that's actually pretty wise depending on, you know, my dad and my mother have sold their stocks like uh, in 2020 and 2021 is when they did that. So that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, to place any fear, but I think that the fear is also the South Node and Scorpio thing, you know, the fear, the fear of what is tomorrow going to bring and like, how is this going to affect me then? Okay, sure. Taurus is looking at the long-term picture, but it is planting its seeds right now. So that I, I think of like earth signs very much all as like setting yourself up for tomorrow in a practical way though you know you don't want to be paralyzed in the south node worrying about oh you know like tomorrow and what it's going to bring the positive side in my opinion of the south node in scorpio is like rapid fire like trauma healing and resolve like and it's happening naturally like through situations we encounter where we're like a little bit the wiser like maybe we're not going to go back through this loop or we're finding ourselves responding a little bit differently to, you know, situations that would have had us very, uh, you know, maybe in some type of PTSD response before. I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of people I know that maybe I gripe on the opposite side of this, but there's a lot of people who have really done the work and have 
in amazing ways and are like experiencing blessings as a result of that, depending on what they have going on in their own individual astrology, obviously that makes a huge difference. But so this is all very complex, right? Like these themes are like pretty, pretty, it's so simple, right? It's like fear or love, nature versus whatever artificial life that we're being presented. But I mean, to me, it's so simple, but I think also there's a lot of nuance and a lot of pieces that, you know, have to be teased out and ordered and reordered. And, you know, I think that this time is what that's for the North Node and the South Node in Taurus, figuring out also on a very physical level, who brings you pleasure and who brings you pain, Things are kind of that simple right now, as much as they are like, ah, there's so many things going on and there's different, you know, it is that simple. It is, does this add to my life and to my sense of like well-being or does this take away from it due to Saturn and Aquarius until 2023 and 2024, there's a lot of like, it's all about relationships, you know, and it's all about like you know, community on some level and, and Uranus and Taurus is calling us to align with people who we are similar to ish in value. I want people in my life personally that I can disagree with and have like healthy disagreements. But I think that there is like a basic underlying respect that I expect from people in my life. And so I think that that's something that we're all kind of coming into and that um, we are learning through this transit, right? So on July 5th as well, Mars, which is the planet of aggression, conflict, sexuality, war, uh, you know, like instigation, it's like, it kind of like strikes a match wherever it is at, right? So Mars has been moving through Taurus since July 5th of this year, 2022, and will be in Taurus. Do, 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 checking. All right, one second. Um, so yeah, let's see. When will, when will Mars be in Taurus? Oh, oh, until. Let's see. Oh, bless my internet connection in these mountains, y'all. Loading, loading, loading. August 20th or 21st. Okay, August 21st is when Mars, or yeah, when Mars moves into Gemini. And that's where it's going to station retrograde in October until January. And that's going to be a whole entire other video. I think I'm going to really um, go in on the Janus ritual that happened in 2020 and um, some of the twinning and uh, the ritual stage crafting and all of that stuff. And I think that maybe we'll look at like what this Mars retrograde in Gemini toward the end of the year could bring for us but that's just a little sneak preview. And, um, and before I get into that, obviously I'm going to get into this Mars transit in Taurus, which is going to, toward the end of the month, right on my birthday is going to conjunct with the North node and with Uranus. 
if Mars strikes a match under something, and we've seen a lot of these Uranus North Node, you know, transits having to do with war, uh, you know, like then I that that is like the most obvious, most um, you know, low hanging fruit prediction that I could possibly make is like that there are there's there's something that becomes. Uh, very like that escalates quickly because Mars is a very fast moving planet though in Taurus you know Mars does not like to be in Taurus Mars does not feel empowered in Taurus I'm sorry it's just like it's essential dignity 101 Mars does not like to um, Mars feels like really comfortable where it's at home in Aries where it just was before July 5th and in Scorpio so Mars is in the opposite sign of that right now is in Taurus where it feels lethargic and it feels like, you know, it, it's hard. It's like we're swimming through mud. We come up against frustrations and, you know, cancellations and, uh, you know, and it's like, um, so when Mars comes into, and also just um, as an FYI, the North Node actually loves to be in Taurus. Um, the North Node feels very comfortable in Taurus. So we have like, so the hand of fate, even though it seems like it's not on our side on some level or something is on our side in our own personal lives and those individual actions and our individual choices, like, you know, and I think that like Mars and Taurus, you know, as much as like, I'm looking at specifically the archetype, if you have Mars and Taurus in your chart, this is not about you. I'm just saying there is kind of like a, a little bit of a slow moving or slightly like defective energy to it, like to the way that I see Mars interacting in this conjunction where maybe if there's like a staging of an event that like the Mars piece is a little bit like, wah, wah, like as in maybe they want something they, you know, meaning the architects and the stagers of the big stage world events they want like um something to be big and explosive maybe it's a little underwhelming uranus in the north node is kind of like the chaos that no one can control in my opinion i'm just going to put that out there that conjunction right so who so this is why i think that people who are predicting things other than maybe like the initiation of a more obvious war maybe, you know, the way that that shows up because Uranus is technology that shows up in a technological kind of irregular fashion. Who knows? I don't think it helps to mentally masturbate about all of the things. If you know about all of the things, if you know about, you know, cyber polygon and all of that shit, then you already know like how, what I think about it and how I feel about maybe what might happen through this through this transit, but I also think that there's there's a piece of this that is very much for each individual person in ways that I believe are both positive and negative, right? And and neutral because Uranus is ultimately neutral. I know Uranus doesn't feel that great in Taurus, but um, Uranus is ultimately neutral, and um, and yeah, so. Um, I think that that's where I'm going to leave this for now, that there are so many different things that are going on 
and that it's really impossible to focus on them all. So the best place to direct your energy and your attention is on your own mutation, be it positive or negative, whatever, you know, it's, this is a great time to mind your fucking business. I swear. Like, I know that sounds harsh, but like, it really is. That's where you benefit. That's you follow the North node a little bit. That's where you pour a little bit of, you know, a little bit more energy. Then you're minding your fucking business and you're planting your seeds and you're not concerned with what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is wearing and what everybody, you know, it's like, so I would say to focus your energy on your own transfiguration, your own reordering and restructuring and what is changing profoundly and impactfully in your own life, right? So, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's where I'm going to leave this because um, we are all the microcosm to the macrocosm and we're all experiencing all of these trends. It's very personally, even if we're not aware that we are, and that's huge. So just, um, yeah, keep up the good work and um, keep being you and bringing all of your unique individual traits to the surface and what you specifically have to bring and then plant seeds of what you want. And that's in that, in that space. And, you know, take on like the identity of the architect a little bit what do you like you know in in manifestation uranus and north node and taurus is manifestation as well so all righty well you guys have uh i think i'm going to come back maybe and record a special video of where this is impacting your personal chart for my sub <laughs> okay there's a noise outside, sorry, for my Substack subscribers and, you know, what is reordering and rearranging and changing in your own life. Um, I think that they, you know, the people that support me on Substack are very much appreciated. And I think I'll do this as a special for, for them. And, you know, uh, look at what house this is happening for you to gain some insight into what's going on. If you have any personal planets in, you know, the, like, the lot, like I would say 15 to 20 degrees of, um, of any fixed sign in your chart, like a prominent planet there, then you'll want to look to see what that is. You know, this is involving for me, my Jupiter and my Pluto. So I've had to, I'm like, I have taken my hands off the wheel. I've relinquished, you know, I'm not relinquishing control over my body or anything, but I'm relinquishing control over like what happens as long as I kind of um, maintain level-headedness and, you know, critical thinking and uh, I'm also taking the steps that I feel guided to take, which sometimes looks like reading all day, you know. Anyway, okay, you guys have a good one. Bye!